Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. With me today, I have Dr. Rhonda Bobpinza Zimmerman. She's a professor at Grand Canyon University, and she is a health and wellness consultant. I have Jim Tam. He's the head of the Dallas office of Keystone Partners, where they help people perform at their best through leadership development and outplacement services. I have Pascal Darian. He is the CEO of a nonprofit called Migraine Ireland. And if you follow his social media, you know he is an avid athlete. Mm. The question I have for you today, what makes someone good at problem solving? Rhonda, can you kick us off? Well, I think really it comes from just being curious about solutions and really taking that creative mindset that we kind of lose, I think, as we mm. are, become adults, mm -hmm. that childlike thinking capacity where we are open to exploring possibilities without putting any barriers on, on what solutions could be. And I also think to be a good problem solver, it's being aware of your strengths and knowing maybe where you need some support and having a little humility during the whole process. So I think it really comes from having a curious mind, having an innate desire to solve whatever the problem is, it's gonna motivate you. That can be fear and just using it in a way that can really help you navigate the waters when you hit certain barriers and walls and you're pretty cool with just pivoting and reaching out for support as needed. I think it may, you know, I suppose it may sound counterintuitive or counterproductive, but I, I think first is not to move into execution mode and trying to solve the problem. Uh, I, I need to listen. I try to understand what it is, and I try to listen. And I may, to your point, actually, Rhonda, probably maybe talk to a few people as well. Uh, I, I'm currently having a conversation with a bunch of stakeholders where, by any means, I think I'm out of my depth because mm -hmm. they are probably very clinically sharp, and mm -hmm. I'm not. So for me, the solution in order to be able to contribute is probably to, to put a different hat. So it's not competing against the same type of intellect, but it will probably try to provide something different, not necessarily, necessarily be contrarian, but just try to, to think. So for me, it's really to step back a bit before moving into execution. If you move into execution, you're probably going to end up in a dead end somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with both Rhonda and Pascal. Uh, definitely the curiosity part that Rhonda brought up, you, you certainly need to ask a lot of questions before jumping to you know, a conclusion or, or a solution. And to uh, Pascal's point, you just can't be quick to react. Mm -hmm. I think it's a balance of leveraging your experience, which is great. Right? You can say, I've seen this movie before, and this mm -hmm. is how I would go about solving this problem. But if you just jump to a conclusion too fast, you might miss some deeper problems that um, it could create. The other thing is like, if you come up with a, solution think about also the impact of that solution long term but yeah curiosity asking a lot of questions and being patient mm -hmm. and don't be so fast to react without knowing all the facts or as much as you can gather mm -hmm. do you think that the problem solving is a skill that can be learned or is it something you're either good at or you're not good at i think it's something you can definitely develop with an awareness and again with the desire to actually want to learn the skill set but if we're not reflective and aware of whether or not our thinking patterns are kind of stopping us, then it's like, we're just gonna keep hitting the wall. I think everybody is good at it. Really? Everybody, yeah. And if you take sports, you run a marathon, they throw issues at you. You have to find a solution in your daily life. You have to deal with taxes. You have to find a solution. 
I think everybody's good at it. it. Does not necessarily have to be super sexy or you know change the world. Or I think we we all problem solvers in our own way, whether modestly or on a large scale. Interesting. I I, I want to push back about a little bit with that thought because I do people that struggle with the same health conditions over and over and over again, and they're provided the solutions to the problem but they're not willing to take action. So you have to be willing to take action mm. in order to solve whatever the problem is. And some yeah. people, you know, they you know, they get comfy and they, they just don't want to do something that's uncomfortable. So. Yeah, I, I tend to call it accountability. Mm. Uh, we, we see it in chronic conditions. I'm diabetic myself. Mm. You either embrace the condition and you try to pilot it as much as you can, even though you may not have all the keys, or... You expect the HCP to give you the keys and do it. I think it's around accountability and it's also around readiness as well. Mm. But uh, some people need a bit more help. I would agree with that. But you don't have a huge pile of choice. Well, the choice is yours. Yeah. Uh, it could be limited in, in some cases. But, but I, I still think people have the ability to do it. Whether it's a choice to activate it or not, mm -hmm. it's a, almost a different level of discussion for me. Jim, what do you think? Do you think that it's a skill that can be learned? Or do you think you either have it or don't? You know, that question reminds me of when people ask me, so Jim, you know, do you think salespeople are born with a skill or do you think they can be taught? Mm. A lot of people think salespeople are born salespeople. Then if that's the case, then just recruit salespeople. You have all these people making money training salespeople. So it can be trained. I think it's a combination of, I think there's some personal characteristics like listening skills and critical thinking that comes naturally to a person. But then there are also templates, right? You think about people who hire six-figure consulting firms who come to solve a problem. Mm. They didn't become consultants because they were just wired that way. They learned certain applications and processes to dissect problems that they follow and they come up with a solution. McKinsey has got this problem-solving template that they've been using for a century, and it yeah. works. I heard a term recently called problem deconstruction. So grow, uh -huh. Growing up, I grew up very poor and I grew up very rural. And so we fixed a lot of things. The example I use is if you have to fix a pump, if you're working on a pump and the water is going out this side and you want it to go out that side, you basically have to look at it and say, what is causing the water to be diverted the wrong way? And I think that problem solving in the real world is exactly the same thing. What is causing it to do whatever the wrong thing is, mm -hmm. and how do we change that? What, what do we have to flip? What do we have to fix? What has to happen? And I think that a lot of people look at a problem much too like overwhelming, like, oh my goodness, the water's going the wrong direction. And they don't break it down and say, okay, why? It starts with a why. Why is mm -hmm. it happening? Right. You mm -hmm. can, cause you can go run around and like, oh, we have a problem and not do say a lot of words and not actually fix it. So I do think the deconstruction of a problem is a skill you can teach that. Mm -hmm. All right. My, my brother, bless him. He's hysterical. He's an engineer. And he'll sometimes say in meetings to go, I know I have an idea. Let's panic. <laughs> Brilliant. And once you get over that mess of, oh, we're going to panic. Okay. So now what? And I think that's a teachable skill. So the, que the question becomes then, how do you help someone do that? What does it look like to teach that problem deconstruction? I love that term. I'm going to start using it. I think it goes back to part of the conversation about being an active listener, mm. you know, sitting down and, and be willing to put the time in to listen to and ask a lot of questions. And in doing so, then you can start to deconstruct 
whatever the issue is, and then break it down into smaller pieces so people feel empowered to take that first step towards action, towards a mm -hmm. sensible solution that mm -hmm. works for them. And that can look very different for everybody. And recognizing that problem solving is different than doing a post-mortem. <laughs> post-mortem has to come after the problem is solved. You don't scream and yell about what happened and who's to blame and who are we going to fire for it until after you fixed it. Yeah. It's like that after action report on disaster management. That's also a very helpful piece because then you have then time to reflect you know, and make mm -hmm. some changes so that you don't find yourself facing the same problem over and over and over again. It's a piece of the puzzle, but after the problem is fixed. Pascal, it looked like you wanted to say something and I interrupted no, you. As, uh, Rhonda said about empowerment and I go back and I'm laboring the point about, you know, trusting people by and large and not mm -hmm. necessarily the one who identified as problem solvers. They may not necessarily find the solution straight away or they may not even find the solution at all, mm -hmm. but at least they're on this famous journey to, to find that. So if you empower and trust people most of the time, they do it now. Not everybody does post more time on the body. So, you know, that's probably high hand <laughs> in terms of technology. Uh, but on, on, on things we're working day in, day out, I think you'll do it. And that's the skill, which obviously in McKenzie, that's where they identify all these type of things. But, you know, that's something you can nurture in an organization as well. I know some have managed quite a lot of organizations and are, some people were not necessarily identified as problem solvers. Uh, once they were empowered and trusted, became the most creative people. Mm -hmm. and, and they found solutions and they, they were just empowered and trusted. I think it's there, you know, whether you nurture, you activate or you don't. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like anything else. Sometimes it needs a bit of help from somebody else. Or sometimes it's just up to you to, to, to take a risk. I agree with you. Some people need a little push to learn it, but I do think it is a skill. So thanks so much for having this conversation with me about problem solving. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again very soon.